Hey there, welcome into another fireside chat here at the FreightWaves 3PL Summit. I'm Andrew Cox, Senior Retail Analyst here at FreightWaves. With the rise of digital freight matching and digital freight marketplaces looking to digitize and automate as many processes within the freight movement as they can, it may seem that the model of digital freight matching and relationship-based service are two models that are inherently at odds with one another. With me today to dispel that idea and explain to us how the two must go hand in hand to create the best service is Lily Shin, CEO and President at Transfix. Lily, thanks for joining us and welcome to the summit. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Okay, Lily, so tell me why I'm wrong when I think that DFM and relationship-based service are two ends of the spectrum and inherently at odds with one another. Yeah, it couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, so, you know, the, the way to not think about DFM and customer service is actually two ends of the spectrum. If anything, they feed into each other. And a technology platform that's built with and built right for the customer, if anything, should really improve the customer experience and customer service and deliver on a far superior experience. Um, you know, I believe people are always fundamentally looking for simpler, smarter ways to, to work. And the feedback loop between tech and people is at the core of that. How do you make sure that they're aligned, uh, the tech and the people, when, in, when you're offering service? It's a great question. I mean, it's everything from, it actually starts from even talent, uh, at, you know, bringing on the, the right people to how you're organized. Uh, as teams and you know across the organization to really just a way of working. And so for for us at Transfix, when we bring on talent, you know we think about T-shaped uh, T-shaped people. So folks who are incredibly deep at what they do, but also very broad. And what you know what that really brings to the table is obviously you know very uh, very strong expertise in particular functions but people who are constantly thinking about systems, constantly thinking about how things should work end-to-end -end across all the functions so that ultimately you're delivering a platform that is end-to-end -end and really holistic in, in thinking. Lily, I want to come back to that idea of cross-functionality and eliminating silos. That's a very common word in today's market. But I want to start with the kind of a chicken and the egg scenario here, because I see, I talk to, um, to technology providers that go both ways. They say, we built out the technology first and then tried to serve customers building relationships with great technology. And I've heard the opposite, that you start with the relationships and then build technology to better serve those relationships, which is the better path forward? Absolutely the latter. You have to start with people. You have to start with the relationships. And if you think about the freight industry, you know, this is an industry that has been rooted, right, in people and relationships and people at the heart of all of it, right? You think about our drivers, the dock workers, the facility coordinators, um, all the people that really help move freight across the world. So you have to you have to start with the people and you have to start with their experience, their pain points, their challenges and, you know, how you can really improve that. And, you know, that's where you bring the technology in. You really think about how you can enhance experience and really empower everyone who's on the front lines, um, you know, to just uh, to, to deliver a better experience. So. Tell me about uh, eliminating some of the more remedial or the, the trivial tasks in, um, in the process. So you guys aren't trying to eliminate jobs at all. You're trying to enhance jobs through technology. Tell me what type of customer service is able to be achieved when you take out some of the more trivial tasks. Yeah, so 
you know, when I think about taking out the trivial tasks, um, you know, it's really just making it so much easier for everyone, right? So, you know, we've developed a number of models here internally that's been able to provide, um, you know, predictive analytics, data insights, uh, and really automate workflows. And so the ways in which that improves customer service is actually it, it removes some of the tedious tasks, right, that, you know, uh, that different constituents on the platform have to deal with on a day to day basis. And it really enables them to level up and, you know, think about and work on things that they really want to be working on, whether it's thinking about strategy, um, you know, proactive planning, resourcing, whatever it might be that's going to help them really build a better business for them. Lily, in our conversation that we had prior to this recording, we spoke about human-centered design, and you are a, uh, a veteran of IDEO, probably the mecca of innovation and design and human-centered design in the U.S. Tell me what kind of role human-centered design plays at Transfix. It's, I would say it's actually at the heart of a lot of that we do. And, you know, again, I'm going to start with the people. It's actually, we're coming full circle here. It has to start with the people. It has to start with the employees and the people that we have on the team. So, you know, we are incredibly disciplined and thoughtful about every single person that we bring into the company and that they're creative thinkers. They're really strong problem solvers, but they also have very strong and deep expertise and in their functions. So you start with the people. We are organized in such a way that we also, you know, work in pods and it's a highly collaborative way of of working. And we bring we bring together the best across the functions to bring forth um, you know, the best, the best solutions to problems for our shippers, for our carriers and for our drivers. And the other, you know, the other piece that I think is really important for any organization when you talk about human-centered design and thinking and really problem solving, uh, a lot of it comes down to the culture. So what are the ways in which you work? What are the ways in which you collaborate? How do you think about analogous research? So you're bringing new perspectives and ideas to the table. That's really going to drive the in innovation, right? And really, really reimagine the way things should work. Lily, you guys build products not only for the client. Uh, you, you guys take customer obsession to a whole nother level through the use of human-centered design. So you guys don't just make products for the client, you make products for the end user within that client. Can you just tell me more about that and why focusing on the end user gives you guys an advantage? Absolutely. So focusing on the end user really helps us deeply understand the, the pain points, right? Um, you think about all the work that's you know required to be done uh, when you're thinking about the world of freight, and there's so much complexity there's a lot of disinformation. It's, um, you know, it's incredibly challenging. And so, uh, you know, uh, folks across the organization, organization has spent a lot of time with their customers, uh, oftentimes even next to them and even in their seats, uh, really living and breathing their day to day. And that's enabled us to build, you know, really some of the best products for our customers. And obviously, sometimes when you talk about customers, people talk about it in terms of accounts, but we really think about the end user, whether it's the shipper or the carrier or, or, or the driver. And with that in mind, you guys focusing on the end user, tell me how design plays a big role in you guys, in your products. So this is something that I've seen along the way, along Airbnb's uh, roadshow and in their perspectives, they, they talked about how their success is driven because they're a design-led team. They've been focused on design from, from day one, making sure that the product was for the end user, easiest to use. Tell me how that applies at Transfix. 
Yeah, we really think about delighting all our customers. And, you know, I think because the industry, um, you know, is so complex, there's a lot to be said for really bringing simplicity, right, into that experience. So when we think about design, we really think about making way, making, making our products and experiences far more simpler and a lot smarter and just, re, you know, really reimagining that for our customers. This brings me to the 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 Steve Jobs quote on tech the best technology is invisible but that's not the case in transportation exactly because you need the technology to work on the back end but the the customer the 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 relationship must be very visible and must be important tell me why transportation is different and why the the technology can't be invisible yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's a great question. I think in some ways it is invisible and in some ways it's not invisible, right? And so the technology can be invisible in that there's a lot of data and processing that you're doing in the back end to be able to deliver a better experience. But because it is invisible, it actually feels extremely seamless to the end user. Now, you know, the reason why it's not it's not entirely invisible is because of the relationships that we have and because of the interfaces that we're also building for uh, for our dispatchers as you know as well as our shippers as well. And so, you know, I, I think there's two things. One, we're, you know, we are very front and center with all the customers that we work with. So from that standpoint, we are not invisible uh, for, our, for our customers, but our technology and a lot of the data processing obviously is. And at the same time, we're building the experience to really enhance the ways that they work. So let's talk about some of those products that you built on top of the marketplace. So you guys have launched uh, products both for carriers and for shippers, a TMS uh, for, uh, for shippers and a carrier, a fleet manager for carriers. Tell me how you guys are able to bring in data and information and intelligence from both sides of the product or both sides of these products to improve the marketplace. Sure. Yeah, we've spent years really automating uh, the core platform in terms of digital freight and being able to execute and execute extremely well. And we're really excited about the SaaS software offerings that we've launched over the course of the last six months for both our shippers and, and carriers. And for shippers, it's really enabling them to manage all aspects of their freight on one platform. Um, you know, but not in a silo. So going back to what we were talking about, right, truly integrated and connected with our marketplace. And similarly, on the carrier side, really building out and launching and providing to them a fleet management tool that's free, that makes it so much easier for them to be able to manage and, and optimize their fleet and also enables us to provide more automation and accessibility to loads for them so they can grow their business. Okay, so there's the word again, silo. How, do, how are they avoided? You, you touched on it there, but how can you ensure that at its core, data silos are um, built and inherently you know, avoided uh, in, your, in your product? Yeah, it's, it's fundamentally how we approach the product, right? So we really think about our offering as an end-to-end -end platform. And in everything that we do, whether it's how we're working with our customers, the products that we're building, even processes that we're building internally, um, you know, we think about it at a system level and very, very holistically. So in some ways, I, I think it's a principle. Right, it's a principle in terms of how you're approaching the overall experience and 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 the system that you're building. So, Lily, when I think about this industry and that's going through a lot of change right now, I think about other industries that are intermediary-based industries that have also gone through a lot of change that have been disintermediated. Disintermediated. What makes freight different, and why won't this industry be disintermediated? Disintermediated. <laughs> sure, it is the physicality 
of our industry. So there's a huge difference between, you know, truckload transportation and the stock market. Stock trading, the buying and selling of a financial asset, whether it's digital or analog, is really just complete at the time of transaction. But in freight, literally, the rubber needs to meet the road. And you have to actually go pick up and you have to deliver the products. So while the pricing and the procurement activity might look and feel commodity-like, uh, unlike commodity training, the, uh, trading, these orders have to be fulfilled in the real world. Lily, I've heard from all corners of the supply chain throughout COVID, whether it's big uh, executives at shippers or executives at uh, carriers or brokers as well, they've all talked about how the supply chain has come together in a more collaborative way since the beginning of COVID. Have you guys seen the same thing? And what do you think the impact of that is long term? Absolutely. And I think that's tremendous. And I think it's going to benefit the overall industry in the short and long term. So we've definitely been seeing this uh, over the course of the last few years, and it's accelerated over the course of the last year. Uh, there is so much going on in the industry right now, and I'm finding a lot more collaboration. I feel like everyone is also leaning into the digitization of freight. Um, you know, I feel I think that, you know, different parties are coming together and really figuring out what needs to change in order to drive drive the industry forward. Lily, I've got one last question for you before I let you get out of here. As of mid-March, here we are. What are you most excited for for the rest of the year? Oh, a number of things. Uh, I'm excited about the continued innovation that Transfix is really bringing into the market. Um, extra, I'm extremely excited about the ways in which we're continuing to partner with our shippers, our carriers, to really help them grow their businesses. And I'm excited about a lot of the innovation, Andrew, that we're seeing in the space. Um, you know, as I've mentioned before, it's a huge space, and I think there are so many opportunities for improvement. And I'm excited about all the ways in which Transfix is going to play a role in that, as well as other players coming in. Lily, I can, can't agree with you more. I think innovation is one of the most exciting things in our industry. We have so much happening from autonomous trucks to digitization and automation, robotics. Uh, everything is going through a revolution and it's only been accelerated by COVID-19. So Lily, thank you so much for taking the time today. And I uh, want to give you a moment to give a shout out, tell anyone listening to where to go find, it, find out more information about Transfix. Thank you so much, Andrew. Such a pleasure. And um, thanks for having me on. And you can go to transfix.io for more information. All right, everyone stay tuned for a jam-packed day at the 3PL Summit. We've got a lot coming up for you. You all enjoy.